Hello, everyone. My name is Rick, and I run the Real People USA podcast that's on uh, seven podcast platforms. Website is rpusa.org. I apologize. I have a little horse uh, voice from the holidays, just hanging out with uh, relatives uh, down in Los Angeles. But today's uh, podcast episode is dedicated to Ruben Young. And this podcast is about Ruben's election challenge as the unsuccessful Florida Republican District 25 candidate against primary opponent Carlos Spalding, the registered nurse and real estate agent, and Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who's a Democrat who has been in office since around 2004. For people who do not know, Ruben has been running for various offices for the last 25 to 30 years or so, and has uncovered and experienced election inconsistencies, bordering what one may call fraud and corruption. Here's a little about myself, your podcast host. I was born in Tampa, Florida. My father's side of the family is from Haiti. My mother's side is of Cuban descent. Uh, I'm the son of two drug addict parents. I've seen the fall of the black community as a youth there in Tampa, and some time I lived in South Florida in Northwest Miami-Dade. And I've seen this fall before affirmative action kicked in where grown black men had no networks, very few job opportunities, no financial foundation, so they sold drugs and committed crimes and destroyed their communities. Now blacks are blamed for not doing so well as other ethnic groups. I believe South Florida was the laboratory for black success, suppression, as well as in different parts of the United States. As soon as I became of age, I joined the military at the last minute to escape Tampa. It was a wild uh, growing up as a son of two drug addicts. I got a top secret clearance to work with sensitive military communications satellite, microwave, and radio technologies. I attended Cal Berkeley as an electrical engineer, but switched to economics and statistics after having my first kid as a college sophomore. And the heavy focus was on statistical analysis, and I will just tell you that numbers and data never lie. Upon leaving the military, I worked as a senior executive at a Fortune 500 company in Los Angeles as an operations and sales manager. I saved this company millions of dollars by identifying vendor data fraud, and I was known as Mr. Fix-It. Since I understood the operations of every department, I could go to any department and they would say, hey, Rick, we got this problem. And within like a couple of days, I would narrow down what the problem was and identify the solution. Uh, in mid, I would say right after uh, 2010, the housing crisis in California, I started a private sector consulting firm to help white collar small business owners. So I connected with Ruben Young in 2020 about 27 months ago after networking with a Cuban-American business consultant. And she said, Ruben could use some organization, some strategy and website support uh, for his campaign. And Ruben Young at that time was running for Miami-Dade clerk at the court in 2020. And he was one of my first Real People USA podcast guests. And that podcast episode right before the election received over 1,000 listens up to 
the election day in 2020. Now, I did not know that Rubin was so well known in Miami-Dade, but he received 278,000 votes in a losing effort, and he does believe and has evidence that shenanigans happened in the waning hours of election night. And for those who may not know, the clerk of the court is real similar to the city manager. That's what we call, uh, what, what Miami-Dade calls clerk of the court. We call these people city managers in California. Now, Ruben and I, we have lots in common. We, we both grew up in urban settings, he in Miami and I in Tampa. We both saw black communities used by Democrat politicians with little to no uh, improvements. We both agree that blacks have been bypassed in favor of, the, of growing the political futures of, of immigrants. And I say this without hesitation when looking at Miami and South Florida as both a descendant of Haitian and Cuban ancestry, a kid who was on welfare, they called it AFDC, uh, student in economics, a Cuban uncle who married my Cuban aunt, who told me how evil the Castro regime was to its citizens. I understand how attractive it was for the U.S. government to wrap their arms around Cubans arriving uh, to South Florida and other parts of Florida. I mean, I totally get it. I mean, these people were, you know, free at some point before 1960, 1961. And uh, through the uh, evil efforts of Fidel Castro, you know, they saw their freedoms dashed within a few years. Now, blacks have seen government funding rerouted from the needs of Miami's black community to other ethnicities. And it appears that the black community leaders with the lessening political clout remained silent as money came in through back channels. What Ruben has learned through his journeys is the election process is really a selection process. Candidates who believe in the U.S. Constitution in, in today's environment need not apply. Apparently, many older Cuban Americans and older residents of the United States tend to agree with Ruben that unconstitutional practices cannot continue or what happened in Cuba or Venezuela or what is happening in current day Brazil may someday happen in the United States of, the, of America. We can look at the Bolshevik Revolution in 1917 when the Bolsheviks convinced the Russian people that life would be better under the Bolsheviks. Bolsheviks promised peace, land, and bread and a better life for the Russian people. Long story short, the Bolsheviks took every promise back and plunged Russians into communism for the next 70 years. In communism, the government selects the people who will rule over the peasants. There is no democracy, no capitalism, no life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is what Rubin sees, and this is why Rubin runs for office. He wants to protect the letter of the law for natural-born and naturalized citizens and preserve the U.S. Constitution as it was written. So let's fast forward to the congressional race. Rubin and I started to smell a rat from the very beginning. Rubin was shunned from local GOP leadership events like county, Republican, executive groups. He was hardly ever invited to events. Friends would call Rubin at the last minute about candidate speaking events, and often he would put on his suit and tie and rush to the event. At 
some of these events, Ruben had his microphone time limited or microphone uh, shut off as he began to say that he is an America first Donald Trump supporting candidate. Ruben believes someone fired a bullet at his tire on the interstate, causing the tire to go flat. The hole in the tire was perpendicular to the tire sidewall instead of the hole being caused by running over a sharp object. Ruben received fake donor calls, calls from Muslim groups offering fake financial support. He refused their donations. Ruben received fake invitations to events from prominent local South Florida leaders just to be refused entry. I recall, you know, someone very popular said, hey, come on down. You know, you're invited to this speaking event. Ruben showed up and there was no pass. And he reached out to the guy and said, hey, I'm out here. I'm out here. Uh, the guy was like, no, you know, no way. Hey, man, you can't come in. So, I mean, it was been, it's, it's been pretty bad for Ruben. But again, he is still a fighter. So let's fast forward to April 2022, the 2020 redistricting change congressional map boundaries. I told Ruben that potential election shenanigans would result, and sure enough, it happens. All you got to do is just go and search on the internet about Broward County problems with just about everything that you can imagine. Just search. It goes back, I think, as far as 2004. And then the frequency of Broward County election problems just began to increase up to the current day. Ruben had several conversations with the Broward supervisor of office uh, managed by Joe Scott trying to get new voter contact information as a result from the redrawn district boundaries. A lawsuit delay, you know, and multiple phone calls, in-person visits later, Ruben did receive the D25 district boundary information, you know, voter information and, and, and cities that were in the new District 25. Via email, Ruben received a sample ballot that was fraught with errors. Both Broward County congressional candidates were on the same ballot. So just, just imagine that. You got a district and you have a candidate from a district higher up more north than Ruben's uh, district. And so these two people, I think the person's name was Darlene, was on the same ballot. That, is, that would not take me five minutes to recognize that was a problem. But Ruben was mailed this sample ballot to review. Just imagine if he would not have caught that. That would have been like a, a major a problem, but he did catch it. Then we discovered the new redrawn Broward D25 Congressional District had overlaps into other counties like Miami-Dade. As a data specialist, I told Ruben that he had to keep an eye on this because this ballot error and overlap situation would be a way he could lose if mischief was involved. Rahm Emanuel, he said, never let a, a bad situation go to waste. He said something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Sure enough, a former D25 mayor received a ballot with incorrect candidates. So this person, this former Democrat mayor, lived in Rubens District 25. She was an insider, so she clearly could see the error because she's used to knowing who she wanted to vote for. But the everyday voter would not. 
This former mayor went on television on a Fort Lauderdale TV station to talk about the ballot error. So supervisor Joe Scott did an interview admitting that there was a problem, but the ballot errors only impacted a small number of voters. And he would send a team to replace problem ballots with correct ballots. And the first thing I thought was, how could Joe Scott accomplish this task when most voters are at work from nine to five? And plus it was hot as hell there in, in South Florida in, in, uh, in July and August. Plus the former mayor with the ballot error had lived about 30 miles from the district where the actual candidates and voters reside. So this so-called error could affect hundreds of thousands of voters if you consider the distance where this mayor lived to the, the boundaries of the district north of District 25. I believe that was District 20. So primary election day, before I talk about more details, Ruben feels violated by election officials and state government election managers and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, Ruben does not feel election integrity exists in Florida. Now, I personally like Ron DeSantis. I, I think he has done a great job pushing back on some of the crap that uh, you know that was sent to California, and California suffered severe consequences with uh, businesses being shut down, people losing their jobs unnecessarily because they didn't they refused to take the vaccine and just horrendous economic upheaval here in California. So I like Ron DeSantis from the fact that he has managed the state like he should. And uh, as far as uh, people leaving California, I know about 20, 25 people that have left California to go to the free state of Florida because of Ron DeSantis management of the state. But I will say the election integrity part, that needs to be overhauled because I personally do not believe that election integrity exists in Florida. And I, and I know Ruben doesn't believe in that. So after the primary election, I believe it was August 23rd, Ruben received, he likes to say he was given 6,010 votes. And his opponent, Carlos Spalding, received around 17,500, maybe slightly more. Now, other America First candidates in the area, Palm Beach, North Broward, uh, South Broward, uh, let's see, Miami-Dade, uh, even as far south as Monroe, Monroe County, received like 6,000 votes, 2,600 votes, just a, a, a very small number of votes compared to the number of potential uh, Republican voters and independent voters in those districts. See, in these areas, not like major Democrat strongholds. It's not like plus 25, plus 28. It, you know, these, 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 some of these, 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 uh, these voting districts were like plus eight, you know, for Democrats, maybe plus two for Republicans. So nonetheless, there, there is no reason why Rubin should have received 6,210 votes. How could a candidate like Rubin who has Broward and Miami-Dade name recognition over a 30-year period, who received 278,000 votes in all of the Miami-Dade in 2020, 
received only 6,210 votes in South Broward. The results do not correlate with the sweat equity, the work Ruben put in his campaign. Ruben walked the communities of Miramar, Dania, Hollandale, Davie, Pembroke Pines, Hollywood, and to distribute about 40,000 flyers. He did that on his own, just walking the streets and just putting flyers on people's doors, talking to the business owners uh, in, in Miramar and other parts of, of, of South Broward, District 25. I helped Ruben with phone calls and emailing 25,000 voters. Ruben's website in the last five weeks of the primary election received 500 to 800 hits per day. Fast forward to his election challenge. Ruben was refused access to mailing and voter data. Why was Ruben refused data access as a candidate when he requested it officially? So Ruben had his first court date via Tallahassee uh, Zoom call where you know the, the judge was in Tallahassee and everyone else was in their local area to challenge Carlos Spaulding's citizenship eligibility, Debbie Wasserman Schultz eligibility to run, which could be a violation of 1992 eight is enough voter approved term limit law, which was, which that law was upheld in 1999 by the Florida Supreme Court and the numerous election issues within the Broward County Supervisor of Election Office. So the Republican judge, during a hearing, claims she saw Spalding's citizenship paperwork and it was sufficient. But Rubin did not see it. Was the paperwork an application or the actual approved naturalization documents with, with dates and the serial number? I mean, I always thought, as a person who, who took two law classes in college, that the plaintiff had a right to see the evidence. You know, so if if I bring a, a, a charge against something or I make a complaint and the judge says, you know, Rick, you are incorrect. And here's why you are incorrect. You know, cite the Florida statute. Show me the evidence. I believe if Reuben would have seen the evidence showing that Miss Spaulding had great citizenship eligibility, it would be a done deal. But I will tell you this with all the things that with with all the filings and the, and the meetings that Ruben has had with these with these judges and these judges have mainly been Republican judges, no one has been able to cite the Florida statute or cite something officially where Ruben is wrong, and that's why Ruben continues. It's always been something like a motion to dismiss. Boy, have we heard that a lot. We have heard that a lot. So finally, Ruben filed an appeal. And uh, last report from Ruben is the Spalding portion of the appeal is moving forward. And Ruben is likely to take eight is enough, the term limit case, to the Florida Supreme Court and maybe even the Broward Supervisor of Election Office uh, to the Florida Supreme Court. And uh, so finally, Ruben received an order from the court to provide more information about his appeal. And I'm like, what? Again, 
My two college law classes identify an appeal as the appellate disagreeing what a lower court said or ordered or the, the decision to what the appellate thinks should have been done. My law classes said the appeals court takes the evidence from Reuben that he provides saying that something is wrong with the decision from the lower court and then looks at what was said to Reuben, what was done, the decisions that were made not in his favor and makes a decision. This is the first time, and I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm 60 years old. This is the first time that I have heard of an appellate needing to write something similar to a dissertation on his or her own appeal. I thought the appeal court reviews what is submitted and decides based on the law. So many people are questioning what is really going on. People like Ruben believes that some political horse trading uh, is at play with the governor's office. Ruben feels, and he has a conspiracy theory about this. Ruben believes that the governor may have sacrificed most, if not all, Florida America First candidates to experience these congressional losses in return for a governor victory. Especially when Americans now know about Kevin McCarthy, the, the, the crypto FTX, Sam Bankman free dark money dump that allegedly contributed to America First congressional candidates' losses. And many were in Florida. Many were in Florida. Um, of course, there's this new congressperson-elect, Anna Paulina Luna in Pinellas County, and that's where DeSantis grew up. Um, they call that DeSantis land. Well, she won her race. Reuben Young and other nationally known candidates in Florida lost their races with hugely unexpected outcomes. All of those candidates, which I know who they are, I know three or four of them that I've talked to, and then others I don't know, but I followed their campaigns. All of these candidates were extremely visible in their communities and worked hard in campaigning for most of the two years in duration. Now here's something that's interesting. The Rubin election challenge to me appears more legally strong than Carrie Lake's challenge. I mean, Rubin is basically saying, I'm a citizen of the United States. The other person allegedly may not be a citizen of the United States. I mean, this person had one to two years to prove it. One to two years. I think Rubin made requests uh, from Ms. Balding about eligibility and got nothing. So I believe Ruben's case is even more stronger than Carrie Lake's challenge. And trust me, looking at Arizona and what happened out there, I'm shaking my head on that one too. And then plus Governor DeSantis, I heard, won Miami-Dade. You know, in the, in the governor's race, he won it. Like he got more votes than the other guy. And my question is, do the political winds blow differently in Miami-Dade than across Right across the border in Broward County, something is not right. Data, correlation, errors everywhere. It's odd 
that most, if not all, Trump-supporting congressional candidates lost with extremely low voting numbers. For instance, Carla Spalding received, again, 17,500, 18,000 votes in the primary election, but received somewhere around 75,000 votes, 77,000 votes in the midterm running against Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Why did Carla Spalding receive a 400% increase in the votes in the midterm? Was she more popular 10 weeks later during the midterm election than she was during the August 23rd primary? So I just want to close by saying if you are a Florida congressional candidate and would like to talk about your experiences or if you are a Florida voter with something on your mind that you want to share and want to be a Real People USA podcast guest, please be sure to message us from our website at rpusa.org. Now is not the time to be silent. Thanks for listening. Make it a great day.